listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. Hey, what is up, everybody? Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. back with you again this week on the podcast. One of my favorite days of the week. It's good to have you back listening again. I really appreciate it. And listen, we are in the month of September, unless you're listening to this episode way later. And we've been asking you guys to do something uh, that we don't often ask you to do. And that is this. If you don't mind, you've been enjoying this podcast. You've been loving the content we've been providing for you. I want to ask you to do me a favor, and that is this. If you don't mind, would you leave us a review on the iTunes store or on the Apple podcast app? And all you got to do is scroll to the bottom where you see the different reviews and star ratings. Do me a favor and rate the podcast and write a review. I would really appreciate it. The reason being is it pops that podcast up on the charts, lets more people see it and hear the word of God, enrich their faith, build them up. And that's the goal. We want to touch as many people as possible with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so I want to say for every person that's doing that, a couple of things. Number one, if you're going to do that, please do it on the iTunes app or store and on the Apple podcast app. It means a lot to me. Really appreciate it. And for every person that does, Here's what I want you to do. Send me a screenshot. You can direct message me on Instagram. My username is at Ted Shuttlesworth, at Ted Shuttlesworth on Instagram or on Twitter, at T Shuttlesworth, um, or you could do Facebook or whatever else. Send me a screenshot of you leaving a review, and I want to send you a link absolutely free to give you our 40-day devotional, 40 days to overwhelming joy the Praise, Laugh, Repeat devotional. I want to send it to you absolutely free as my gift to you for those that are rating and reviewing the podcast. Thank you so much. Also, don't forget, if you haven't signed up for this, we are releasing every single Monday, Monday Music Mashup. I've created a playlist for you guys to listen to throughout your week, and I post a new one every single Monday, and you can get it on Apple Music. You can get it on Spotify. Just search Monday Music Mashup. On there, and you'll see that orange cover art that I've designed. You can like it on Spotify, you can follow it on Apple Music, and there's new music coming for you guys every single Monday. I know you'll enjoy it, so check us out on there and uh, let me know what you think of it. We're getting questions every week, people are hungry to know more about the Word of God, and we're doing our very best to answer them all today, though. Something that's been in my spirit, and I want to make sure that I give you what God has for you today, and that is this. I want to deal with in this episode today, the number one reason that believers do not reach or receive their full level of blessing from heaven. The number one reason why many believers do not enter in to the fullness of the blessing that God has prepared for them. And then I want you to see this from the word of God today, and we're going to jump right in. And I want to start by showing you this, that God clearly has blessings set aside for those that love him, his people who love him. And I don't know if you guys uh, pull out your Bibles when you're listening to the podcast or not, but I'm going to read you a verse of scripture and I want you to turn there as well. But it's found in the New Testament in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And I want to read this to you because this is a picture of the fact God has made plans to bless you. Without question, God has already made plans to bless you. The Bible says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 9, but as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him. No eye has seen it, No ear has heard it. No heart has imagined it. What? The things that God has prepared, and one translation says, and has set aside or kept ready for those who love him. So without question, God has blessings, supernatural blessings set aside 
for your life. And of course, we know the Apostle Paul taught in the book of Ephesians chapter one that we have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. Ephesians 1, 3, you've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. But the problem is this, if your blessings remain in heaven, they do no good for you here on the earth. And there is a job for every one of us to do. God's called us and put, of course, last week we released the podcast episode, how to discover your calling. Once you discover your calling, you've got to have the resources to fulfill what God's called you to do. God does not want you to struggle. God does not want you to barely get by. He has a plan of overflow and blessing and increase for your life as a believer. The question is, how do we take hold of that blessing? Why is it? Ask yourself this question. You know, because many, many people have this picture of God, like he loves everybody the same. He blesses everybody the same. It's like he's this socialist governmental leader that pours out his blessings the same on every person's life. And it's not the case. That is not scriptural. And I'm going to show you that from the word of God today. God's not required to bless everybody the same. And as a result, there are things we can do to get the blessings of God. There are things we can do to provoke the favor of God. As I taught last week, obedience to God's word provokes the favor of God. We covered John chapter 14 and verse 21, where Jesus taught that the one who has his commandments and obeys them, it's the proof that they love him. And because they love him, his father will love them and he will love us and manifest himself to us. So notice that Christ is not required to manifest himself to us until we obey his word. And so there are different levels of dedication in the body of Christ. Dedication to the kingdom brings blessings in the natural realm. What do I mean by dedication to the kingdom? Well, I want to read you what Paul wrote to Timothy. It's very important to know that Timothy was one of Paul's sons in the gospel. And so as he did with Titus, he's doing with Timothy, he's training them up, imparting to them, showing them wisdom, teaching them things of how to excel, how to increase. And Paul wrote to Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 8. He said this, For while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way, as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. So Paul is clearly teaching Timothy here that godliness or obedience to God It doesn't just hold value in heaven. It brings value in this life. Paul clearly tells, and you know, you read this in another translation. It says godliness, it, it profits in this life. It produces a profit. What does that mean? It brings increase. It causes you to excel godliness, obedience to God's commands. It brings increase, not in heaven, but in this life. So there is a key that every believer can follow to bring never-ending increase to their life, godliness. Now, I want to take you through the scripture today and show you some things here that maybe you've not seen before, but these, I'm telling you, this is the major reason, and I've seen it. Trust me, I've talked to hundreds, if not thousands of ministers, let alone Christians, and many times when I talk to people... And they say, well, I don't understand why the plan of God's not working out in my life. I don't understand why I'm not increasing. I don't understand why I'm not seeing breakthrough in my life. And it's easy for me to see. I could clearly sit down with them, and I do many times. I can point out things here and there if they're honest. I can say, well, here's where, this is why you're not seeing it. Here's why you're not seeing the blessing of God. It's not because God doesn't have a blessing prepared for you. And it's not because he sovereignly picks and chooses who he will bless and who he won't bless. It's because we are required to do something before God can bless us. I mean, look all the way back into the Old Testament. 
In the book of Job, chapter 36 and verse 11, the Bible says this, if they will only listen and serve him, speaking of God, if they will only listen and serve him or listen and obey, they will spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasures. If they'll only listen and serve him or obey, they'll spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasures. Think about that. One prerequisite to the prosperity and blessing of God, if they'll just listen and obey. Listen and obey. I'll go further with you here in the book of uh, Isaiah. And I was just touching on this uh, a little bit last night as I was preaching. We just finished a meeting here in the Orlando, Florida area. Powerful meeting. But I was touching on this with the people last night. I, I, I went to Isaiah chapter one and you should know the, the scripture very well. The Bible says, if you are willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. If you are willing and obedient, notice it's the same thing. Listen and obey, be willing and obedient. You'll eat the good of the land. That means that there are levels of what you can ingest in the land. It means that you could live at survival level if you want to. It's possible for you to just live at survival level. And let me tell you, many Christians are living at survival level. What does that look like? Bills are barely being paid. Things are barely working out. Every single week, they need a miracle just to survive. They're praying. They have to go into speed tongues just to believe God, you know, for things to work out. They're in panic mode constantly. They always receive that kind of preaching and teaching. Just hold on. I came to tell somebody your breakthrough's on the way. Your blessing is on the way. You might be going through hell, but you're about to come into heaven. That's the kind of preaching that they have to grasp onto every week because they're constantly in a hell of turmoil, anxiety, panic, fear. Things are barely working out. Why? Because they're in the survival mode level. That is not the level God wants you at. In fact, I can't stand it. I'm just, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to be very, very transparent. I can't stand it. I go to some of these places and I, I've i been to conferences or I hear people, I'm sitting in the audience sometimes and I listen to people and, you know, it's like people get up to the microphone and say stupid stuff. Like how, how many of you, you just been going through it? How many of you, you know, the devil's just been attacking you on every side. You know, people got like three hands up and a foot. <laughs> you know, they grew an extra hand just to raise it. Oh my God, brother, that's me. I've been just struggling. Oh, hallelujah. Oh yeah, it's right. The devil, man, he's been at. And they get up there and pump it up like it's a sign of holiness. How many of you, you just been going through hell, but you know a breakthrough's on the way. How many of you know that even though you've been struggling, I can't get with it. My wife can't get with it. We don't lift our hands to that crap. I'll sit there like, you know, he's talking to me. Oh my God, I'm not going through hell. And I won't go through hell. I'm not going through junk. I'm not going through crap. Why? Because there's a way that you can live that keeps you out of crap. There's a way you can live that keeps you out of the struggle. I'm so sick of Christians posting on their social media, the struggle is real. Hashtag the struggle is real. If your struggle is real, you need to get some victory. If your struggle is real, you need to learn how to walk in the blessing because Jesus did not teach. If there's any of you out there that are struggling, if there's any of you out there that are carrying heavy burdens, if you're carrying a heavy load, come to me and I'll show you what heavy is. I'll show you what a struggle is. You think you're struggling now, yoke yourself up to me, carry my cross, and I'll show you what it means to struggle because my way is hard. My way is rough. That's what Christianity is. Oh, but brother, it'll all be worth it one day when we get into heaven. Oh, won't it be wonderful there having no burdens to bear? It's not what Jesus said. It's not what Jesus said. Jesus said, are there any among you that are weary and heavy laden, weighed down with heavy burdens? Are there any among you like that? If there are, 
come unto me and I will give you rest. Do you see that? I will give you rest. Matthew chapter 11. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. If you're living the Christian life and things are always hard and heavy, then you're doing it wrong. If you're living the Christian life and things are hard and heavy, you're doing it wrong. Jesus didn't say, come unto me and I'll make it hard and heavy. He said, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. In fact, even in the New Testament, the Bible says, casting all of your cares upon him for he cares for you. You are not called to carry burdens. You are called to carry blessings. You are not called to carry burdens. You're called to carry blessings. If you're posting on social media this week, if you're putting out quotes with the picture of the uh, um, podcast episode, and if you're screenshotting, and I encourage you to do that, post that quote. I'm not called to carry burdens. I'm called to carry blessings blessings. I'm not called to carry burdens. I'm called to carry blessings. He said, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. Casting all of your cares upon him for he cares for you. He cares for you. You're not called to care for you. He's called to care for you. You are called to trust in him and he's called to carry you and to care for you. I first got a revelation of this when my first daughter was born, Madeline. And, you know, she she came out, and they don't let you leave the hospital, man. They wrap her up in like 19 blankets, make sure you know how to strap them into a car seat, make sure you know how to carry that thing and strap it into a car. I mean, they they, they put you through a boot camp before they even let you go home. And I remember I, I, I got all that done, and we had Maddie strapped in the back. She looked like a little burrito in the back of the car, and it had just snowed. And I think th- about like a foot and a half, two feet of snow was on the ground of Virginia Beach, which is very, very unusual. I dro- I'm telling you, there was nobody out on the road, but I drove home at like 15 miles an hour. I was like, man, we got precious cargo in the car. I'd never been a father before. And uh, we got home, and, and I noticed something is that my daughter would lay in her crib and I noticed she was never worried about anything. I noticed that as my child, she would be in her crib, but I would come in when she woke up and I would take her out or my wife would take her out. My wife would feed her. We would get her dressed. If it was time to go somewhere, we would get her dressed, put her in her carrier, strap the carrier in the car, go on to where we need to go. And, and one time as I was getting her out, putting her into the carrier and putting the carrier under my arm to carry her out of the house. The Lord spoke to me, said, this is exactly a picture of what my children need to understand with me. He said, notice how your daughter is not concerned about where the food's going to come from. You know, she's not, if you look at the baby monitor, she's not up at night rocking back and forth in the crib, just worried and wondering where dad's going to get the money to buy the next baby food. And she's not in her crib, you know, trying to do the figures on a pad with a pad and pen. You know, this is the budget for the month. And is dad going to, I'm growing like a weed. Is dad going to have enough money to buy my baby clothes as I continue to grow? Where's the food going to come from? And no, she's not worried. She just knows if her father is there, the food's going to be there. If her father is there, clothes are going to be there. If her father is there, he's going to put her into the carrier and take her where she needs to go. The same is true with our father in heaven. Jesus taught in Matthew chapter seven, he's a loving heavenly father who knows how to give good gifts to his children. The key is we obey and we serve him. We don't worry about how he's going to bless us. We worry about pleasing him with our decisions. And when we please him with our life, then he puts us in a place of blessing and promotion because of our dedication to his word. And the Bible says very clearly, if you are willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. The fact that there's the good of the land, as I said, means that there are other levels you can be eating at. One is survival. You could be at the survival level. You could be at a, an okay level. 
something that, you know, you're not maybe not struggling to survive, but you're not, you're definitely not eating the best. Second tier, you're not eating Cheerios from Walmart, you're eating Toastios. <laughs> Much different. Amen. Uh, you, you see this, they, got, they have these like generic brand names. You're not eating Fruit Loops, you're having Fruity O's. That's like a di- whole different thing. You need to realize there is something that's okay, and then there's something that's the best. If you've ever heard me tell this before, when I was in Bible school, I, I, my mom was so good to me. My dad was so good to me. I didn't know how to cook anything. When I went to Bible school, I got out there. I was in college, and I didn't know how to cook. And I, I learned quickly that if I want to eat and not spend all my money going out to eat every day, I better learn how to cook something at home. And so me not having any knowledge, I did what any bachelor does. I went to Walmart. I went to the frozen food section. I just got some basic stuff that I, you know, I knew I could throw a pizza in the oven, frozen pizza, and cook that thing. There's directions right on the box. But I said, I'm going to go a little deeper. I'm going to get my skills up. So I bought something that maybe you've bought before, reached into that frozen food section, and bought a product called Steakums. Say what in the world is Steakums? If you're listening from another country and you don't know what Steakums are, it's a cardboard product that resembles strips of meat. (laughs) that you pop into the frying pan. And by the time you're done frying it, somehow it looks like, you know, Philly cheesesteak steak filled with sodium. You eat one serving of it. You got to drink 90 million gallons of water just so you don't shrivel up like a raisin. And I remember cooking that thing and eating it. And I was like, well, it's supposed to be steak. You know, kind of tastes like steak. And, you know, you eat it. It'll, it'll, (laughs) it'll put calories in your body. And more than that, put sodium in your body. It'll keep you alive, but it's not the best. And then I remember the very first time I ever got to go to a place called Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. I had never been there before. Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. I mean, it was like a revelation to me. I went into this restaurant and sat down. Everything was ordered a la carte. You know, I looked at the steak menu. I saw these steaks and I picked one out. I'm going to have a filet mignon. I'm going to have an eight ounce filet mignon. I ordered that thing. And I, you know, we just ate steak. I'd never really (laughs) even been asked, like, you know, how do you like your steak? And uh, to this day, I I still love it medium rare. I love my steak medium rare. I said, let me get that filet mignon medium rare. And the guy brought it out, finally came out on a plate. That thing was thick. We're talking inch and a half, two inches thick. Filet mignon, big steam. I mean, perfectly cooked. Perfectly cooked. I took my steak knife and my fork. I sliced into that cut of meat. It was like butter. Smooth. I mean, that thing. I put that first bite in my mouth. And I was like, oh. I felt like the Hebrews in the Old Testament. Manna, what is it? They called it manna because in Hebrew it meant, what is this? It was so good. They had never tasted anything like it before. They were like, my God, manna, what is it? I felt the same way sitting in that Ruth's Chris Steakhouse, tasting that filet mignon like that for the first time. It blew my mind. I began to realize at that moment, there's a huge difference between filet mignon at Ruth's Chris Steakhouse and steakums from the frozen food section at the grocery store. Both will keep you alive, but one is okay. The other is phenomenal. And God does not want you with a barely okay level of blessing. The Bible is clear here. If you're willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. What's the prerequisite? Being willing and obedient to the word of God. What did he say to Job? If they will only listen and obey, they'll spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasures. Get that. Now, I want to jump over and show you another scripture real quick. Same theme, same concept, but it's found in the book of Psalms. It's the 84th Psalm and it's verse number 11. Psalm 84, 11. The Bible says it this way. It says, and I'm going to, towards the end of the verse here. It says, no good thing will he withhold 
from those who walk uprightly. No good thing will God withhold from people who walk uprightly. What does that mean? It means righteousness is the key that will open the door of supernatural blessing in your life. Righteousness, holiness, it merely means obedience to the mighty word of God. I love how the first part of the verse goes, for the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. I could preach a whole message on just the fact that he's a sun and shield. If he's a sun, S-U-N, if he's a sun, you know as well as I do that the devil operates in the darkness. The kingdom of darkness is the devil's kingdom. But if our God is a sun, then wherever his presence is, there can be no shadow. There can be no darkness for the sun. I mean, think about it. If in your house, I mean, if we could just take the heat away from the sun, if we could just put a portion of the sun, just the tip of the sun's edge inside your house, it would be so bright that there would be no shadow. There'd be no shadow. If the Lord, our God is a sun, then he expels any darkness. So when your obedience pulls his manifestation and his presence into your life, John 14, 21, then that son expels any darkness from any place or position portion of your life. And not only does it say he's a son, it goes on to say our God is a son and a shield, which means that when you please him and his presence is there in your life, there is no weapon formed against you that can prosper. Nothing can steal your blessing. Nothing can steal your favor. For it goes on to say he bestows favor and honor and will not withhold any good thing from those who walk uprightly. I'm just telling you, these are all just scriptures in the Old Testament. Literally. I mean, go back again. Go back to just the first chapter of the book of Psalms. And you know what the Bible says? Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in what? The law of the Lord. He loves the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night night. You know what that means? Anybody that's thinking about something day and night, day and night, day and night, they're obsessed with it. Until you become obsessed with God's commands, become obsessed with his word. See, obsession brings possession. If you want possession of the blessings, you have to have an obsession with the commands. Obsession to the commands brings possession of the blessings. Look at your promise. Verse three, that man is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither. And in all that he does, hallelujah, in all that he does, he prospers in all that he does. What's the prerequisite? Following the commands of God, obedience, obedience to the mighty word of God. And in all that he does, he prospers. There's not anything you'll put your hand to that will not prosper when you are completely obedient to the mighty word of God. It's funny because people will listen to teaching like this and you know what the first thing they say is, well, brother, that sounds like works-based mentality to me. Sounds like you're preaching a works-based gospel, but, but we're, you know, we're in a dispensation of grace, not works. It's grace, brother. We receive it by grace. Salvation is received by grace. Faith and grace obtain your salvation. However, once you get saved, I understand there's no good work you can do. There's nothing you can do in the natural to obtain salvation. I get that. By grace, through faith. By grace, through faith. I get it. But once you get saved, you better have some works that are backing up your salvation. There better be some, I mean, that's what the whole book of James is about. 
He said, I'll show you my faith by my works, by my works. Jesus even said, by their fruit, you'll know them. The fruit of my life is the proof that I belong to God. God's not so foolish that he blesses the disobedient with the obedient. And people that think that he is need to read Revelation chapter 3 because Jesus himself comes to the churches and gives them a stern warning and rebuke and says, I know your deeds. I know what you're doing. People, people in this generation are so funny. Well, brother, God doesn't judge us based on what we've done. He judges based on what he does. That's not true. Simply not true. He judges the works of people. He judges the works of people. The Bible teaches it through the whole New Testament. He judges you based on your decisions. That's why Paul was so uh, adamant about that fact, even in his own personal life. Read 1 Corinthians 9, 27, where Paul said that I put my body under on a daily basis so that after having preached to other people, I myself might not become a castaway or a reprobate, or one translation would say it this way, so that I myself might not become disqualified. Paul was saying, I can be a preacher all I want and tell other people how to live, but if I don't learn how to control my own carnal fleshly desires and put my flesh under, my body under, and do what's pleasing to the Lord, I can myself become disqualified at the end of my life and be just like any other sinner, a reprobate. Paul knew that. That's why he wrote back to every church and said, don't live in sin any longer. Stay free from sin. Get out of sin. Let sin die. Let the old man die. He told the Roman church, uh, the church in Rome, he said, sin shall no longer have dominion over you. That's why Paul was adamant. It's important. The choices you make are important. They'll make you or break you. And notice that the clearest picture that you love God is that you obey his word. That's the clearest picture that you love him. So there's blessings in the word. They're not for everybody. They're only for people that love God. For example, everybody likes to quote verses of scripture like this, Romans 8, 28. And they'll, and they'll say, like if something bad happens to someone, they'll go, well, don't worry, brother. All things work together for good. The Bible says all things work together for good. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible has more to say in that verse. It says all things work together for good for those that love God and are call, called according to his purpose. So it takes love for God for all things to work together for good. If you don't love him, and we understand we just said love is, it's very clear, our love is shown by whether or not we obey his word. If I don't love him by obeying his word, all things don't work together for good for me. Because that's not, it's not a blank check that if you read in the New Testament, no matter what you've done, no matter where you go, no matter who you are, no matter what you connect to, no matter what decisions you make, all things are going to work together for good for you. If you listen to Christian TV, that's what they'd have you to believe. You know, that's what Christian TV preaching sounds like nowadays. I came to tell somebody, it doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter what you're messed up in right now. It doesn't matter what things you are got going on in your life. You can be some crooked, slimy crook, but I came to tell you, God's getting ready to open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that you don't have. No, he's not. God's not getting ready to pour you out a blessing because blessings are not random. Favor is not random. It's based upon our obedience to the mighty word of God. If we let, let me show you something. This will bless your spirit. Even in the Old Testament, I'm still in the old. We're getting ready to jump to the new before I pray for you. But look at this. In the book of Deuteronomy, when God's getting ready to pronounce blessings over his people, I want you to read with me Deuteronomy chapter 28 and verse 1. The Bible says, and if you faithfully obey the voice of the Lord, your God, being careful to do all his commandments that I command you today, the Lord, your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth and all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you. If you obey the voice of the Lord, your God, notice the prerequisite. If you obey all his commands, 
Now watch this. If you obey all his commands, how many nations will he set you over? All nations of the world. I heard Bishop Oyedepo say it this way one time. He said, if you obey all commands, God will set you above all nations. If you obey most commands, you'll be set above most nations. Some commands, some nations. No commands, no nations. The level God can lift you to is based upon the level you'll obey his word. The level God can lift you to, the level to which you can rise, is based upon the level that you obey the word of God. If you'll obey him, then he, look, if you'll put him first, he'll put you first. Let's jump into the New Testament real quick. Matthew chapter 6, and let's look at verse 33. I mean, this is important, not just with the written word, but the spoken inspired word that comes into your spirit. When God directs you by his Holy Spirit, listen to what the Bible says in Matthew 6, 33, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Seek first the kingdom of God. So you put the kingdom first, you put the kingdom first and all these things will be added to you. I mean, one thing after another, if you'll make God's kingdom the first priority of your life, he'll make sure that he makes you his priority and everything else that people are scrambling to get, trying to get, dying to get, they'll just be added into your life. I mean, blessings, when you chase the presence of God, when you chase the word of God, then blessings have to chase after you. That's what the Bible said in Deuteronomy 28. These blessings will come upon you. They'll overtake you. They'll overtake you. But the reason many Christians are not operating in their full level of blessing is that they're not willing to fully give themselves to obeying the mighty word of God. What do I mean? Even in the, even in the things God speaks to you as he leads you and guides you. I want to I go there for a moment. Because before I close this episode, I want to talk to you about even the fact that God wants to lead you and guide you in his plan. God wants to lead you and guide you into his plan. Many of you, I'm sure, have probably heard my testimony before. I've I've known that I was supposed to be an evangelist since age five. I was called to be a preacher in a Pentecostal church in uh, Canada, in New Brunswick, Canada, at the age of five years old. That's how long I've known I was supposed to be an evangelist. But when I went to Bible school, even the Bible school that I went to, I had no plans to go to. My cousin Jonathan was already at a Bible school where he was attending. He was two years ahead of me. My plan was to join up with him, be roommates, get into some trouble, get kicked out of school, get back in, finish. But that was my plan, my plan. But when I began to pray and fast, it wasn't God's plan. My entire family had gone to that school, all of them. They'd all graduated from that school. But then the Lord spoke to me by his spirit and told me where I was supposed to go. And I ended up obeying the voice of the Holy Spirit and one confirmation after another took place. I mean, literally within a matter of one year, I had three of the greatest men of God that ever walked the face of the earth personally lay hands on me and pray a blessing on me just from being in the right place at the right time that God directed me to be in the voice of the Holy Spirit. See, here's the thing. Most people are not willing to buck tradition to obey the voice of the Lord, or they're not willing to buck uh, just whatever the norm is or their, their routine. They're not willing to change it to obey the voice of the Holy Spirit. It it boils down to this. They're not willing to get uncomfortable to obey the voice of the Holy Spirit. They're not willing to, you know, I'm going to give you a couple examples because people need to hear this, but they're not willing to do what's uncomfortable. But if you're taking notes, you need to write this down. Tradition cancels God's transaction. Tradition cancels God's transaction. If you just continue to do something because that's what your family's always done, and don't consult the Lord about it, you're going to be in problems because your plan, the plan for your life is not going to be the same as the plan for somebody else's life. And if you're just doing it because that's what's always been done, you'll miss it. You need to get a fresh word from the Lord for yourself, for your own life 
and do what God's called you to do. It doesn't matter if every other person in your family did something else. You've got to discover the voice of God for your own life. If you're going to be blessed to the highest degree God's plan to bless you, you've got to get that word for your life and follow after it. Follow after it. But most people are not willing to buck tradition. It's like when God spoke to Isaac, Abraham's son. He said, don't go down to Egypt like your father did. He said, but go and stay in the land that I'll show you and I'll bless you there. Now, if Isaac was not uh, obedient to the Lord to follow his voice and he just did by tradition what his father did, he'd have missed the blessing. But because he listened to the voice of the Lord, he planted in a land where there was famine and reaped a hundredfold in that land. Because God said, where I command you to go, I'll be with you and I'll bless you. So obedience, not only to the written word, but to the voice of the Lord. How few people even consult the Lord anymore before they make decisions, before they take a job, buy a house, marry somebody, go to college somewhere. How few people even consult the Lord anymore, fast and pray to get direction from the Holy Spirit, which is the most important thing you could ever get. The Bible says in the book of uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 14, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. We are called to be led by the Spirit of God. That's our calling. If we want the blessing, we got to have the leading. David knew that. That's why he wrote Psalm 23 and verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. If you want to live in a life of no want, The Lord has to be your shepherd, meaning he's your guide. He's the one that makes you lie down in green pastures. He's the one that leads you beside still waters. See, if you want those blessings, he has to be your shepherd, which means he has to be showing you and teaching you and telling you which way to go. Don't allow yourself to become zombified the way that everybody else has in this generation where you're in some like autopilot routine, get up, go to school or work, come home, do your chores, do whatever, eat your dinner, do your homework, you know, mess with the kids, you know, you know, whatever it is, get into this routine, go now watch TV for a while, you know, have some snacks at night, watch a movie, watch Netflix, go to bed, get up, do it all again. Don't allow your life to become zombified where you're not hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit and not making changes when it's time to make changes. I mean, I had no plans. I mean, I just moved to Florida, what, like a year and a half ago. I had zero plans to come here. No reason to come. I had zero reason to move my family to Florida. All of, you know, I had family. I got family in West Virginia. I've got family in Maine. I got no family in Florida. You know, my my aunt and uncle, you know, my, my, but I mean, like literally no reason. I had no, it's not like I'm an evangelist. So it's not like I had a job opportunity open up in Florida and now I'm going to move for a job opportunity. No, there's no reason to go. I was praying in the Holy Ghost, driving a car and heard the Holy Ghost say, move your family to Florida. Told me exactly where to move them. Told me exactly what to do. Now I could do one of two things. I could say, well, you know, it just seems like I'm trying to make up something that I heard the Lord say, but you know, I've never liked Florida. It's also not like me saying, well, you know, that what a beautiful place. Who wouldn't want to live in Florida? Me. I've got my hand raised. I didn't want to live in Florida. I've never liked Florida. My wife used to live here. When she moved, she said, I'll never go back and live there again. I didn't like it here. My wife didn't want to come back here. We had no reason to come here. Everything was pointing in the opposite direction. We had a house we loved in Virginia, family we loved. I mean, everything. No reason to come except the Lord said to do it. You know what? When I heard the Lord say it, I called my wife and told her. She prayed. The Lord spoke to her because you know what? If he can speak to you, he can speak to your spouse. Spoke to us both. We had peace. God actually changed the desire of my heart for me to move here. And I got up, you know, put my house on the market, all this other stuff, packed it up, got out of there. Why? Not for any other reason, except I heard an instruction from the Lord. And can I tell you, God has blessed us to such a degree. It's been insane. I had no reason to come except God had a plan. And when God has a plan, you can choose to either stick with tradition, stick with your routine, do what, do what seems easy, do what seems, you know, the path of least resistance. And if that's the way you're going to live, you will never reach your full potential of blessing. 
If, if you live in such a way that you just get into cruise control in your life and stop consulting the Lord and stop obeying his word and obeying his spoken word and his leading, you will never reach the potential of blessing God has set aside for your life. It always comes from doing what he leads you to do, either by the written word or by the leading of his spirit in your spirit. I mean, I can remember there was a time in my life with my ministry and my wife that we were in a place where it seemed like we kept hitting a certain level of income in every single meeting that we would hold. We wanted to do more for the Lord, but we never could exceed that level of income until I heard the Holy Spirit give me an instruction. He said, that level that you keep trying to hit, I want you to take that level and make it a seed. You keep expecting it to be your harvest, make it your seed. And I took that level of income that we were believing for and I made it a seed. And I found a man of God that I knew God had led me to sow into. I flew to where he was and I put that seed in his hand. And can I tell you that from that one instruction that although I could never hit that level of income with our ministry in any meeting, after I sowed that seed that the Lord spoke to me to sow, we have never had a time where we've gone under that level of income ever since our obedience to the voice of his spirit. If you want to live at the next level of blessing, it always comes obedience first. Obedience to commands will always provide the next level of blessing. Obedience to God's commands always leads to the next level of blessing. You know, not just not just obeying. It's crazy to me how many Christians think that they can just do whatever they want and God still has to bless them. That's not how it works. It's a crazy generation we're living in that people, they don't even feel shame for anything anymore. Literally, you'll have people that go out and get drunk, party with their friends, post the pictures on Facebook, and then be in church the next Sunday morning after the Saturday night binge. And they think like, you know, and then they're frustrated and get mad at the pastor, mad at the church. I just don't understand why my blessing's not coming. I don't understand where my next level of blessing is. I don't know why God's not coming through for me. You've got to come through for him first. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse six, without faith, it's impossible to please God. And that they that come to him must believe that he exists, number one. But number two, believe that he's a rewarder of those that diligently Seek him. So God's rewards are not for everybody. God's rewards are for people who diligently seek him. I'll finish by saying this. The Holy Spirit inspired every word in the original manuscripts of our Bible. Not just the thoughts, not just the, the general ideas. The Holy Spirit inspired every single word. So if he wanted to, he could have easily made Hebrews eleven six to read like this. He's a rewarder of them that seek him. He could have easily made that scripture. He's a rewarder of them that seek him. But the Holy Spirit on purpose added one extra word. What did he say? He's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. When you diligently seek after something, it shows that you have a hunger and that you really want it. That's why everybody doesn't have six-pack abs. (laughs) It's because it takes dedication to get it. And not everybody's willing to do what it takes to get that outcome. It takes work. You can't eat anything you want to eat. You have to actually work diligently seeking after six-pack abs or you won't get them. I mean, it's insane. It takes work to do good, at, to, to become good at anything. It takes work. You know, most people think people are overnight successes. There are no overnight successes. It's just that you didn't know them when they were diligently working to get where they are. Their name was unknown. They were behind the scenes and in the shadows working to get where they were. Because it takes diligent seeking in order to get the reward. And the Bible says that we're running a race and that we're called to run that we may obtain the prize. And if we're going to obtain the prize and receive our reward from heaven, it takes diligent seeking of God. 
Only serious people apply. We've got to get serious. If we want to obtain and hold on to the blessing of God and receive what he's... Listen, there's a purpose for the blessing he said. It's not just so you can sit around and drink pina coladas, virgin. It's so that you can do what God's called you to do in his kingdom before it's too late. He wants you to overflow in every area of life. Not barely scrape by. Abraham didn't barely get by. Isaac didn't barely get by. Jacob didn't barely get by. David didn't barely get by. Solomon didn't barely get by. Jesus didn't barely get by. The disciples didn't barely get by. Paul didn't barely get by. It's not God's desire. He's called you to be blessed. Paul said, I was never in need. Never in need. So I want you to understand today, God's got a great, magnificent level of blessing for your life, but it takes dedication to his word and to his spirit in order to receive it. And I'm going to pray a prayer for you here at the end of this episode that God gives you a hunger and a desire to serve him like never before, to obey his voice and his written word. The Bible says in Matthew chapter five, blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness for they shall be filled. If you're going to be filled, hunger has to be first. So Father, in Jesus name, I pray for every man, every woman listening to this episode today. I pray that you'd fill them with a fresh hunger to obey your word, hunger to obey the voice of your spirit. Let our ears be sensitive to hear the voice of the Holy Ghost in the mighty name of Jesus. I pray that you'd use us like never before, before Jesus comes back. I thank you that the resources, the blessing is coming upon our lives for our dedication to the kingdom of God in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Listen, I want to say to every one of you that are listening, continue to send your questions. I appreciate it. We're going to get to all of them as as quickly as we can. Thank you for all those. Those of you who are writing reviews, thank you for doing that. Please don't forget, screenshot them, send them to me on direct message or however you want to. We'll get you a copy of that devotional 40-day journey to overwhelming joy. I know you'll love it. Don't forget to share today. Screenshot it. Share it on your favorite social media platform. I love you very much. Don't forget until next week, goodness and mercy are following you for the rest of your life. We would love for you to join us in a live service. To find out when Ted Shuttlesworth Jr. will be near you, please visit our website at www.miracleword.com.